Welcome back to the T-Force Talks podcast. Today we're going to be going over the conclusion of the Week 5 NFL games and Week 6 NFL is coming up. Um, we're also be going to be going over the Lakers winning the NBA Finals along with some Week 5 injuries and at the end I'm going to be giving you some fantasy waiver wire pickups. But as always, before we get into the main headlines, uh, I'm going to be going into my sponsored parts of this episode. So Anchor FM provides the best service to create your own podcast. You can record, edit, and publish your podcast professionally right on the Anchor FM website. The best part about it is Anchor FM distributes your podcast for you to a plethora of sources including Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play. You can get Anchor FM today for free and start producing your own podcasts. Alright guys, so week 5 has concluded. Uh, There were some actually big upsets in week 5, along with some big injuries, which is sad to see. But before we get into that, um, the Lakers won the NBA Finals. I think everyone saw it coming, but you know, the Heat gave them a run for their money. By uh, by giving them two games, I honestly thought the Lakers were either going to sweep or win in five. Uh, what does this say for the legacy? I think the biggest part of this story is LeBron James. Um, I personally am not a LeBron James fan. I, I think he's soft. I think he's always been the guy who's complained for calls and just maybe takes the easy road by going on teams with more talent. Um, but you have to respect a guy who has been to the finals 10 times in 17 seasons. Like, that is unheard of. Like, that is crazy. Like, I thought Brady's nine Super Bowl appearances in his 20 seasons is good. LeBron's been to 10 finals in 17 seasons and he's been the best player on his team in every single final so and obviously his record in the finals is four and six but he's won a championship with three different teams he's won with two with the heat one with the Cavs, and now one with the lakers i mean i think this officially puts LeBron in a top two NBA player of all time. You know, he is 35 or 36 years old. I can't exactly remember, but he's still the best player in the NBA. Like legitimately, he is the best player in the NBA. And it's a shame that he hasn't gotten as many MVPs as he should be just because people who have seasons that no one expects ends up getting MVPs but it just shows that whatever team LeBron goes to is instantly a contender and it, it it's really crazy because you see a situation like Kevin Durant right he went to the Warriors but the Warriors were already the best team in the NBA and Kevin Durant won two titles with the Warriors um and and like the Kobe and Shaq type of thing you know Shaq came to the Lakers and they won three in a row, but the Lakers were already good, right? They they already had Kobe Bryant. Um, LeBron, the teams he's been going to aren't 
good. That's the thing is that I think the Lakers didn't make the playoffs for five, six, seven, like eight years before LeBron came in. Like they didn't make the playoffs last year. Um, but obviously that's because they had zero support for LeBron. But as soon as Anthony Davis came in, um, I think he really turned around this Lakers team. He was the perfect piece that LeBron needed. I personally think um, Davis is the best compliment that LeBron has had his entire career. Um, I would say in order, I would say it goes Davis, Dwayne Wade, Kyrie, uh, and then probably Bosh and then Love. But Anthony Davis... He's a stretch five. He can ball handle. He can shoot threes. He's a monster in the paint. Um, he's like the perfect guy. Like, you know, the Shaq to his Kobe. So I just wanted to go over LeBron's legacy a bit. If you ask me, uh, I think he's the second best player of all time. Just Jordan's record of being 6-0 and in the finals is is unheard of. I don't think anyone will ever do it again. I don't think it's possible for anyone to go 6-0 in the finals anymore. Um, and Jordan's the GOAT. Jordan scored more points than LeBron does in the finals. Jordan didn't necessarily, you know, join super teams. And I know I said before LeBron doesn't necessarily join super teams, but he definitely did for the Heat. And I, I think Jordan was also a better defender. Um... But they're they're similar. It's it's not it's not Jordan by a mile anymore. I think LeBron is a close second. So I just wanted to go over a little bit of legacy stuff with the Lakers winning the NBA Finals. And now we're back to NFL talk. Um, Raiders squeezed by the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs forty to thirty two. This is definitely a big upset. Patrick Mahomes looked pretty good. Maybe not his best performance, but I think the big story is Derek Carr and that Raiders defense looked pretty good. And Henry Ruggs was killing the Chiefs on the deep ball. Um, I actually think the Raiders' special teams and defense looked really good, getting some turnovers and putting the Raiders' offense in a good position to score. I feel like the Chiefs every year... You know, they lose a game that you don't expect them to lose in division. Like, sometimes it's the Chargers. And this season, it's the Raiders. I still think the Chiefs are, you know, a top three team in the NFL. I still think they're really good. They just lost kind of a fluke game. I think this game means more about the Raiders and how the Raiders are a legit team in the AFC. I think they have a good spot at getting one of those final wild card bids. Um, and possibly and possibly making something happen in the playoffs. Next headline is the Dolphins blow out the 49ers. It's evident now, five weeks in, that this Niners team is not the same as we saw the 2019 San Francisco 49ers who went to the Super Bowl. This defense is depleted. We saw Nick Bosa get hurt with an injury. We saw Richard Sherman get hurt with an injury along with a bunch of other injuries on the both sides of the ball offense and defense um 
a big story to this 49ers loss was Jimmy Garoppolo having an atrocious game, probably the worst game I've ever seen him play. Um, he had two interceptions and a fumble against a usually pretty bad Dolphins defense. But they were making Garoppolo look very bad. Um, Garoppolo got pulled in the second half. And um, C.J. Beathard came in and didn't perform much better. Um, Dolphins won by a large margin. I just think this Niners team isn't good anymore. I think they had a one fluke year. I mean, obviously with injuries not happening, it's a different story. But all, with all these injuries... With all these other good teams in the NFC West, I don't think the Niners make the playoffs this year. It's sad to see, but it's the truth. Now we go to Monday night, where the Saints barely beat the Chargers in overtime. I really thought that Justin Herbert looked like the guy that the Chargers initially saw when they drafted him. Herbert came in week three when Tyrod Taylor went down with a lung injury. Um, and Herbert came in. He's the number 10 overall pick for the Los Angeles Chargers. And last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he looked good throwing deep balls on the money, having three touchdowns. And he actually, the Chargers actually blew the lead against the Bucks last week. And it was the same story this week. The Chargers... We're up 20-10 to 10 against the Saints. Herbert looked really good, throwing three touchdowns again. Really, really nailing uh, wide-open targets and squeezing in balls that were not so open. He just looked like a veteran quarterback, really good. I think Justin Herbert has a really bright future. But the Saints came back. Uh, Drew Brees led some nice drives. And the Chargers had a chance at winning the game when it was tied up at 27 to 27. Um, Keenan Allen went out early in the game, which I think was one of the reasons why the Chargers lost. I think if Keenan Allen stays in that game, I think they might actually win. But Justin Herbert threw a deep pass with about 10 seconds left to Mike Williams to put them at a 50-yard field goal and Marvin Badgley, the Chargers kicker, hit the upright on his attempt at making a game-winning field goal. Game goes into overtime. Saints get a field goal on their first possession, and then the Chargers go 4-0, and they lose in overtime. I think a Charger, the Chargers are another sneaky team. I know they don't have the best record, but I think Justin Herbert is an up-and-coming quarterback that people have to look out for. And the next headline is... Uh, this is kind of an upset. The spread on this game was minus 3.5 Bills. The Bills were favored by 3.5 points. And the Titans blew the Bills out of the game. They blew them out 43-7. Um, sorry, 43-17. Josh Allen looked bad. I think this is Josh Allen showing his real true colors. I think the stats that Josh Allen put up in the first four games were not realistic to how Josh Allen's play really is. Um, it was really inflated because of all the bad teams that the Bills played in the first four weeks. 
and now they saw a legit Tennessee Titans defense, and Josh Allen was turning the ball over, throwing two picks, missing receivers. Bills offense just looked in shambles. Didn't seem like Josh Allen could get his running game going. Bills defense didn't even look good. Derrick Henry was throwing defenders around. Um, Titans just dominated. Tannehill looked very good again. Um, Titans beat the Bills 43-17. I'm happy about that since I'm a Patriots fan. Bills take the loss. A loss in the win column in the AFC East uh, has the Patriots down a game. Uh, or down a game and a half because the Patriots had to buy. And all right, those are all the headlines, all of the big stories that happened in week five. But before I get to the fantasy waiver wire pickups, I am going to be going over the week five injuries. Of course, you know, football is a contact sport. There's going to be injuries that happen. It, you can't avoid them, and it's sad to see stars go down. And we saw that this week. First off, with a not-so-serious injury, it doesn't seem like, Minnesota Vikings star running back Dalvin Cook left Sunday night's game against the Seattle Seahawks early in the second half with a groin injury. This injury looks to be putting Dalvin Cook out about two weeks. And... The fantasy implications for this is if you have Dalvin Cook on your fantasy team, go in your waiver wire, search up Alexander Madison, and put him in your lineup this week. Alexander Madison might be the best backup running back in, in the league. We saw him go in uh, once Dalvin Cook left for an injury on Sunday Night Football, and he looked very good. He ran for 17 carries for over 100 yards, um, and the Vikings are getting the Falcons next week. I'm saying Alexander Madison in week six is going to be a top five running back and put up big numbers. So if you need a running back for week six, go ahead and get Alexander Madison. Uh, but but Dalvin Cook, uh, this doesn't look like too serious of an injury, just a groin strain, hopefully, and hopefully he can come back soon. Of course, after week six, the Vikings have a bye week, so that gives Dalvin Cook some more time to heal up. The next big story, um, very underrated player in my opinion. Of course, I saw him shine for the Patriots, and now that he got traded to the Cardinals a few years ago, he's an absolute stud. This is Arizona Cardinals edge rusher Chandler Jones. Um, suffered a season-ending biceps injury in his game against the Jets. You hate to see that. Chandler Jones was seems like he was the sack leader or up there for... You know, top five in sacks about every single season. So we'll wish him a speedy recovery. And this is this next injury is the most devastating injury of the week. Maybe of the season. Probably of the season. Um, Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, was carted off the field after suffering a devastating compound ankle fracture and dislocation against the Giants. He underwent surgery Sunday night. And it looks like the surgery was successful, but that injury was nasty. Um, the play was about 10 yards to the first down. Prescott scrambled out to the left, and he had a defender dragging him down. And just his leg got caught under the guy's body weight, and 
it was gruesome. His ankle snapped, and it was not a pretty sight. Some other injuries. Washington quarterback Kyle Allen suffered an arm injury in Sunday's loss to the Rams. This opened the door for Alex Smith to take his first regular season snaps since he suffered a gruesome leg injury in November of 2018. So, November of 2018, Alex Smith broke his leg in a gross injury. Way worse than Dak Prescott's was. Um, He later got a skin infection and... His leg was infected after he broke it. It was it was life-threatening injury for Alex Smith. He didn't even know if he was going to be able to walk again. He didn't even know if he, if he was going to be able to save his leg. They were thinking of amputating it. And after two years of rehabbing and really being determined to get back to football, Alex Smith uh, played his first regular season snaps in over two years in Week 5. He didn't play the best. Washington O-line looked bad. It was a really rainy, poor game. He was getting hit by Aaron Donald a lot. He didn't suffer any injuries, though, Alex Smith. Um, You know, good for you. Good for you, Alex Smith. But Washington quarterback Kyle Allen got knocked out. Um, I don't know how how long this injury will be, um, but I think Kyle Allen was actually a better fantasy option when it comes to... Uh, maybe Antonio Gibson's fantasy points or Terry McLaurin's fantasy points. But with a week for practice with Alex Smith practicing with the starters, we'll see how he um, how he plays this week. And the Redskins are playing the Giants this week, so a little bit e- easier of a matchup than the Rams. Um... And that is about it for the big injuries. We also saw Baker Mayfield look like he got a rib injury, but after the game, he had an x-ray, and um, the result came back negative, so that's good for Baker Mayfield uh, staying healthy. And that is about it for your Week 5 injuries. And as always... Um, we are going to be going over our fantasy waiver wire pickups. Now, you guys might be wondering why this episode is a day late. So, since of COVID reasons, the Bills versus Titans game was actually pushed back to yesterday, which was Tuesday. So, for most leagues, um, waivers don't pass by until Thursday morning, when it's usually Wednesday morning. So, the waiver wire has been backed up a day. So that's why I'm doing this on Wednesday instead. So I'm going to be going over these five players. And most important to maybe least important when I'm talking about these fantasy players being productive for rest of season. My first waiver wire pickup who I think you should go out and get right now is Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool had 10 total touches against the Philadelphia Eagles. And he had 110 yards and four touchdowns. Wow. And and after the game, Ben Roethlisberger was hyping him up, saying he's a talented, raw receiver. Um, I've been seeing flashes of him. His first game in week one, he had a really nice sidelines catch. In week two or three, he had like an 80-something yard touchdown, and now he put it all together getting many catches, 110 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, I know some people think that maybe this is just a fluke of a week. 
I don't believe that. I think that Chase Claypool has the ability to be the number one receiver for the Steelers this year. He has raw talent. He's a big receiver that can run and can go up and grab balls that are thrown up as 50-50s. Um, and we've seen over Ben Roethlisberger's career that wide receiver ones in this Steelers offense with Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger have really performed, right? At the beginning, obviously, we saw Heinz Ward, and then we saw Mike Wallace, and then we saw Antonio Brown, and and now um, I think it's Chase Claypool. I wouldn't expect four touchdown, oh, four touchdowns a week numbers, but I would be expecting pretty big numbers uh, for Chase Claypool. Um, let's hope that he keeps his production going. But, um, yeah, I think you should go out and get Chase Claypool. Really good receiver option, especially if you're lacking in that position. Now, the next player for my fantasy waiver wire pickups of week six is Alexander Madison. I touched on this player a little bit before, but he's a really good replacement for Dalvin Cook, who's going to be out a couple weeks. Um, and he has a juicy matchup this week against the Falcons. As I said, start Alexander Madison and expect Dalvin Cook-like numbers. Uh, he's a really good option at running back. And the next waiver wire pickup, I would say, is Andy Dalton. I know when you hear the name Andy Dalton, you say, oh, we know who that is. We know what we're going to get out of him. But that was on the Bengals, okay? And he actually did have some fantasy-relevant seasons on the Bengals. Now he's in a completely different situation on the Dallas Cowboys in a situation that is very quarterback friendly. They have a bad defense, the Cowboys do, that let up a lot of points, which means that he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. They're going to be playing in a lot of game scripts where they're playing behind, just like we saw Dak Prescott throwing the ball a lot. I know it's definitely a downgrade from Dak Prescott to Andy Dalton, but I think he's definitely worth a waiver wire pickup. He has a lot of weapons. You know, Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb, Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup, uh, tight end Dalton Schultz. Many different targets. Um, I, I think he'll have a solid, a solid season rest of way with this Dallas Cowboys offense. I think you can pick him up if you're lacking at quarterback. Or if you had Dak Prescott. Next um, waiver wire pickup is Chase Edmonds. So, as I've been saying, um, Kenyon Drake has been a disappointment this season. He really has. He absolutely lighted it up at the end of 2019. There was a lot of hype uh, about Kenyon Drake going into the 2020 fantasy football draft, and he has not lived up to the hype. Not at all. I mean, he's rushed under 60 yards He's gone sub six fantasy points every every week, but two. He's had only two decent weeks, in which both weeks he had 60 yards rushing on around like 20 attempts, which isn't a very good yards per rush number. And both of those weeks he only had a good fantasy week because he got saved by a one yard touchdown. With that being said, Chase Edmonds, on the other hand, has been looking better and better each week. It's looking like Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake are kind of splitting um, for, like, touches. 
and splitting for time in the backfield. However, Chase Edmonds is the guy who's who's getting the work out of the backfield when it comes to the passing game. Uh, Chase Edmonds is averaging around four and a half catches per game. If you're in a PPR league, uh, I expect Edmonds to get more and more work, especially since he's looking like the better back than Kenyon Drake. Um, and he's getting a lot of catches, which means good opportunities. Um, I would definitely pick up Chase Edmonds uh, if you need a running back position in a PPR league. And now our last player is Travis Fulgham. Travis Fulgham had a monster day against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is surprising since the Steelers have a really good defense. But this could possibly be Carson Wentz's new guy, right? Alshon Jeffrey... He's old. He's been injured. Zach Ertz, he's kind of old too, and he's been not productive whatsoever this whole season. So, you know, is it Greg Ward? Greg Ward's been their top guy maybe the first three, four weeks of the season. And we and week five comes around, and we see Travis Fulgham get 10-plus catches, double-digit catches, with, I think, 130 yards and a touchdown and that's a big week that's a lot of catches he's getting a lot of targets I think it was 14 15 targets his way from Carson Wentz and he looked good you know athletic receiver who can run nice routes maybe a good red zone target um, Travis Fulgham now I would hold your horses I don't think he's gonna sustain these numbers you know double digit targets double digit catches I don't think he can can sustain that but um, I would I would give him a fantasy waiver wire pickup. Uh, I think he could be the Eagles wide receiver one. I know the Eagles pass attack isn't that great this season, but any wide receiver one for any team, especially putting up big numbers, um, I think you should give a look on the waiver wire. And that is all I have for this podcast. I know this is a little shorter than usual, right on about 26, 27 minutes. Um, I just want to do a quick little recap. I know this week was a little weird with the Tuesday night football. Um, if you've listened to my podcast up to this point, uh, thank you very much. Um, you should be expecting another podcast Saturday, and we'll be going over maybe some other sports news outside of NFL. Um, we'll also be going over our week six, our week six stardom sitem, and and all that um well thank you for listening to this podcast as always if you could give this a five-star review that would be greatly appreciated and and yeah thank you for watching